so Matt Michael just started back to school, right? And I noticed his oh, yeah. his teacher, she's really nice, but she's a little odd. She calls all of her quizzes quizzicals. I'm just waiting to see what she calls her tests. <laughs> That's the best one you've had in a while. (laughs) Good. Everybody and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Good. How about you? I'm doing all right. I, I just quickly threw Taco Bell down my neck, so um, yeah, if we, I burp, I'm going to try to cut it out. Um, you did it last week. I was able to cut it out of the main episode, so maybe it's my turn this week to do it. <laughs> Man, now back when back when we were in the same room, this was this would have been a problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> all the the bodily functions that you'd have to air out the room for ten minutes from. Show up, man. Taco Bell night. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, Light a candle. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So real quick, um, we want to say go check out Podbelly at podbelly.com. You can find different ways to record a podcast if you're thinking about recording or if you just kind of want to up your game on the podcast that you've got, go check them out or to find other shows. Uh, that you might be interested in listening to, go to podbelly.com. We'd like to thank tonight's sponsor, AMC Shutter. Uh, we'll talk more about them later, but it's a great time of year to be getting into Shutter if you have not already. Yeah, it's the it's a perfect time. We're rolling towards Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you if you can't find that that horror movie, that suspense thriller that you've been just dying to see, you know. On any other any other way, check out Shutter. I I'd almost guarantee they got it. Absolutely. Um, speaking of Halloween, um, there's three weeks when this episode drops. There's three weeks left until Halloween. So we want to say invite your friends, your family. If they haven't subscribed to Graveyard Tales yet, tell them to go ahead and subscribe because this is the time of year that. We thrive. This is our favorite time of year, and Matt and I just kind of come alive and uh, get your family in. Let's grow the graveyard family here around Halloween. And uh, Ashley um, takes Adam's debit card away when he goes out so that uh, he doesn't come home with new house decorations. Yep. Yep. It's a sad reality, but it's true. It's uh, I'm I'm limited to a, a, like a specific amount of money I can spend during this time of year, so... <laughs> Hey, I got a new chandelier for the foyer. (laughs) We don't have a foyer. We can get one. It's it's black with like green candles. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's like, here's my allowance for the week. I can either eat or I can go buy this Halloween thing. And I'm fat, so I like my food. It keeps me from Uh, buying Halloween stuff. Um, Speaking of Halloween, the night before Halloween 
on October 30th, we are going to be doing a live stream on Facebook. Um, so we'll post if if you haven't liked our Facebook page or joined our Facebook group, go do that because that's where we're going to stream this show. And that's where we're going to tell you what time it is and how to get on there and everything like that. So um, October 30th in the evening, if you can't make it to the live stream where we'll be answering questions and telling stories and we've got a couple cool things to talk about and get your comments and opinions on if you can't make it it will be recorded and you can go watch it later um but matt some big news uh four days after this episode goes live it's our three-year anniversary october 13th three years it's can, can you believe it no i i can't it's it's been it's been amazing. It has. And, and and honestly, the reason we're still doing this after three years is because of all of you guys. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And, and I I think we've got some of the best listeners in the podcast world. We really do, um, except for those two I mean, people. You know, you, but, guys, you know, you guys show us more love than we ever thought we deserved. So, yeah, right. Uh, we really do appreciate it. You know, we're, we're, we're glad we made it three years when we're looking to, forward to... Uh, to many, many more. Yeah, however many more. Our topic list keeps growing, so you, you got to put up with us for many more years to come, I do believe. Um, but, yeah, like Matt said, thank you, guys. Um, we we wouldn't still be doing this if if y'all didn't share the graveyard and, and find so much enjoyment out of our bovine scatology and our sense of humor. Um, we wouldn't have been able to keep doing this, so... You know, it's become a big part of both of our lives and our family's lives. And, you know, we got to thank our family for putting up with us doing this on a weekly basis because it takes up a lot of time just to record and edit and research and all that. So, you know, it, it started out as a like a passion project, a thing that we did for fun. And it's right. become I mean, it's still fun, but it's become a, a thing that we look forward to. But we have some seriousness that goes along with the research and the the telling of the stories and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we said from the beginning, it, it, you know, if all all the people that listen are our family and friends, it will be fun to do. Right. And the fact that so many of you guys have gotten on board and joined the graveyard and, and enjoy what, what Adam and I do, uh, it's just amazing to us. And we're so appreciative. You have no idea. Oh yeah. Um, you know that that you you give us the support. You know, I mean, in so many different ways, you you guys give us support. You know, mm-hmm. when, when we see your your comments, we see you, you you sharing. We read reviews, and you know, so many of you you donate financially to the show. I mean, we just we can't thank you enough. Yep. Just the simple thing of you guys getting on there and sharing a a tweet or a facebook post or something saying i love these guys they're hilarious those kind of comments that those make our day and matt and i will screenshot them and send them to each other when we see them so you know (laughs) hey did you see this somebody likes us yeah have you seen this this person actually likes us look they didn't they didn't talk bad about us uh but before we get into it matt i gotta i gotta tell you a thing uh we went to the storage building yesterday to get out yeah. our Halloween stuff. And we record this in advance. So don't think I'm slacking and putting it out three <laughs> weeks before Halloween. This is like five weeks or something before Halloween. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, 
we we got a good amount of time before Halloween, and I'm already decorating. But um, we went to our storage building to dig out our boxes. We got big totes full of Halloween stuff that we, you know, have to store off-site because there's so much of it. Um, but we get there, and I'm walking down the hallway to get to our storage building, and I, I'm like, Ashley, do you, do you smell that? And it's like putrefaction and rot and it smells like a decaying body so i'm standing there in front of our storage building wondering if it's a rat or do i need to call the cops like because i'm you know I, i watch too much true crime stuff to not think okay this is a storage building not on the main road you know where what could be in this? You you see these things. People use storage buildings for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So they found storage buildings with bodies in it. So I'm thinking, sure, is there a guy down the? Is there somebody down here decaying in the yeah. thing? You know, and maybe I I didn't call the cops. I was I just the whole time was hoping it was a rat, and we were holding our breath trying to get the stuff out and all that. But Ugh. maybe I should have yeah. called the cops. I don't know, but. I don't know, man. That's kind of freaky. It is, right? You know, uh, I, I I don't know. It it was it was weird to say the least. Of course, least. you know, if if you call the cops and it is a rat, <laughs> and, and they're you know, then you're going to really feel dumb. And you know that nine times out of ten, they're going to come and they're going to smell it and they're going to go. Ah, you know, we'd have to get a warrant. Yep, or and they have to go through all uh-huh. these people. And by they that time, the smell will be gone. One. And if it's not a rat and I do call and they find a body, then I'm the rat. So what, <laughs> you know, what? I, there's no winning here. Yeah. Somehow there's going to be a rat involved. Exactly. When I was 17, I killed my best friend and burned down an abandoned old mansion in the woods. Then I had to live the rest of my life. She moved to Guncotton, West Virginia, with the hope that she might finally be able to face the demons she'd been running from her whole life. I think... If I went back home, maybe I could start writing again. Little does she know, they've been waiting for her all along. You know you can't ever leave me. You don't even want to. We all have to make trades in life. This for that. But tell me, do you know what is really important to you? Are you feeling well? WSF Productions invites you to brave the foggy streets of Guncotton, West Virginia. The nightmare haze of dream and delusion. And the mists of time itself in this. The fifth season of the West Side Fairy Tales. Scars. In time. A 20 episode sonically driven horror narration written, directed, and produced by Tyler Bell. A 
available wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at westsidefairytales.com. What are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight we're going to try to break your brain a little bit. Broke ours. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to talk about the theory of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard that term before, you can probably figure out what it means. It's this, this whole idea that um, we're not the only universe. Right. And that there's, there's other universes out there, maybe an infinite number of universes, either so far away from us, there is no chance we would ever see it or anything from it or right on top of us and happening at the exact same time. Right. Right. You know, so this sounds like another one of these. Oh, well, this is kind of a cool idea. It is a cool idea. But believe it or not, science feels like there is a possibility that this is true. Right. And, you know, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is not some some wacko idea. This is something that that scientists, physicists have looked into and have considered now it, it's all theoretical, but it is very interesting. And tonight we're, we're going to talk about the theories of it, but we're not, we're not going to try to just overwhelm you with the science because honestly, researching this, I, I got overwhelmed. I told Adam, you know, my head hurts, man. <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> This is so far over my head. And you, you dig down into this stuff and you're, you're looking at, I, when the, when the article would have a break in the page and it had equations in there, I'm like, okay, th- this is more than I know I can handle. Mm-hmm. It was worse than our time travel episode. And if you remember, oh, way worse. we broke down some Einstein theories in time travel. But, uh, th- yeah, this this was this was heavy, to say yeah. the least. So, you know, with Adam and I, you know, we're, we're always, and we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Um. You know, th- this whole idea that there's other universes, um, wh- whether they're, you know, right, right along with ours or they're, you know, so far away, we would we would never have any possibility of knowing they exist. Either way you look at that, it's it's kind of fun to consider because we we kind of try to work some of the other things that we've talked about, for example, time travel. Mm-hmm. Um into how this this may fit into the possibility that those things exist right um and and again we're, we're gonna go back to you know neil degrasse tyson who who said you know the universe has no responsibility to explain itself to you one you know, of my favorite quotes of all time yeah things are going to be the way they are whether we believe it or not or understand it or not. Yeah, and and we may not be able to prove it. We may not be able to show it. 
but that doesn't mean that it's any less true. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, there's, there's a lot of theological arguments against this idea, but I don't necessarily think that it has to be. And we're, we're not going to hammer that. We're just going to, we're just going to kind of present this out to you guys like we always do and, and see what you think. But if, if you've already, if you've already heard this much of the show and you're going, this is a bunch of bull, I'm, you know, I'm going to skip it. Listen to, listen to this example that I, I got from a, a documentary on, on multiverse and, and, and see, and then you keep that in your brain as we talk about some of this stuff, because it will kind of make you go, well, I guess I can see how this would be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want you to imagine you're a fish. Okay. And, and you're every you're, day you're living, you live in a lagoon <laughs> and you're swimming around and you, there's other fish and there's other, uh, other sea creatures. And, and you, you've got all this, you know, you just, this is your life. This is what happy it is. little life. This is your universe. This lagoon is your universe and you have no idea what's going on above the surface of the water. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. You know, there's so much more, but yet your entire universe is this little lagoon. Okay. Now, all over the earth, there are little lagoons and ponds and oceans and lakes and all these bodies of water with fish and, you know, water, water creatures, you know, from microscopic organisms to catfish the size of Volkswagens. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. And to each one of those bodies of water, that is their entire universe. And they have no idea that any of the other ones exist. Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine you snatch up a fish and you take it home and you put it in an aquarium. You have just created a interdimensional portal for this fish. Right. It's an alien abduction. <laughs> I was I was enclosed and everything was was weirdly shaped and colored. And next thing I know, I'm in a whole different Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but and that it's a know, good analogy because I mean that in in and of itself, you got something like a fishing lure that drops into the pond. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a UFO to us. What you know, hey. it's it's a weird thing to them that picks them up and drags them out. So yeah, Ca- catch and release is a fish's alien abduction. Yep. Can you imagine the stories? You won't believe what happened to me. Yeah. Look, Jim, I got a hole in my lip to prove it. <laughs> you know, the Travis Walton of fish. Yeah. I'm telling you, but when I heard this example, when I heard this analogy, I, I thought, okay. Again, as a human being, are are we so arrogant or closed-minded that we believe that we know everything? And yeah. and I and I don't. I'm not saying that anybody's out there going, "Hey, we know everything." But I I think that when when something is presented like this that seems so far outside the box, a lot of people will take that stance. Yeah, they do. And they you know, go straight I, cynical. I, I, Adam and I's stance, you know, for the last three years has always been, you know, can you just 
open up a little bit and consider the possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, let let's talk about it and consider it. Whether at the end of the day you believe it or not, let's not let let's use this hour and a half to two hour episode to be a little less cynical and and to be more open minded is is kind of sure. our whole stance, you know. Yeah, yeah. About so, life too. So, like I said, we're going to get a little sciency, um, but we're we're going to have fun with it too. So, so Adam, let's let's roll into multiverse theory. All right. So. I found this uh, in an article um, by Andrew Zimmerman Jones, who's a math and physics expert. And you can find his link um, to his website down in our sources, along with all the other sources that we went to for this information. And what we're going to do, we're going to read some sciencey stuff, and then we're going to talk about it. And we're going to read some sciencey stuff, and then we're going to talk about it. So to find that sciencey stuff, go down into our sources, and you can read along with us, or you can kind of dive deeper because there's some stuff we didn't grab because you know it, it just too heady for us but you may be smart enough to get it where matt and i yeah. are just way too stupid to figure this out um if you're if you're a physicist this might make more sense to you or this whole episode <laughs> will make you cringe if you're a physicist right. and uh, oh my god these guys if it hurts you that bad <laughs> then maybe we can have you on another episode to kind of explain it correctly next time but that's right that's right uh, from this Jones guy, um, he's a math and physics physics expert. He says the multiverse is a theoretical framework in modern cosmology, um, which presents the idea that there exists a vast array of potential universes which are actually manifest in some way. So a bunch of universes that are actually physical um, and, and there in some way. Um, says there are a number of different types of potential universes, uh, the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics, brain worlds predicted by string theory, and that's B-R-A-N-E worlds, and other more extravagant models. And so the parameters of exactly what constitutes the multiverse is different depending on whom you speak to. So before we get into the types of theoretical universes and, and multiverses out there, we need to look at something that we looked at in our time travel episode. We kind of need to look at it again. And I found this article from an independent researcher named Brandon Sloan, um, and it talks about black holes. And you'll see kind of where I'm getting with this. Um, but black holes are thought to exist when a sufficiently compact mass collapses on itself. So general relativity predicts that a black hole will form in this situation and within the region defined as the black hole the gravitational attraction will become so strong that even light cannot escape. So we know that about black holes, right? They're so massive, nothing escapes a black hole. But not to diverge too much, this isn't in the notes, but I saw a thing that was talking about we may now suspect that stuff does escape from black holes because you can't, keep packing that much mass into one black hole and it not grow exponentially. So why is, why are these black holes not growing exponentially and taking over the universe? Well, probably because they're excreting that matter in another way or in another position. And they, it could also be spitting it out into another universe, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, there are three types of black holes. There are stellar black holes, supermassive black holes, and intermediate black holes. Uh, 
Well, in simple terms, we can think of incredible mass that only covers a small region. Let's think about the relationship between mass and gravity and get a better understanding of why the gravitational attraction is so strong. Now, black holes consist of three layers, the outer and inner event horizon and the singularity. Well, imagine an unfathomably hot and dense phenomena of space-time where the standards of physics breaks down. This phenomena exists in the inner region of a black hole and is referred to as a point of singularity. So that in the point of singularity, that's where everything we know about physics goes out the yeah. window. Ceases I mean, to exist. Yeah. Nothing we know of happens in the singularity. Well, at the point of singularity, singularity, it is impossible to predict physical behavior. This opens up the possibility that after singularity, the forces that we study, such as gravity and electromagnetism, may not exist. So if one of these forces were non-existent or altered within our universe, we would not exist in our current form. This is where the idea of a multiverse comes into play. It is widely believed that our universe was once contained within a gravitational singularity. Rapid expansion occurred, and next came inflation, creating our present-day universe. Now, could quantum fluctuations result in the creation of what we consider to be the Big Bang? So, yeah. it's saying everything is in that tight little singularity. Nothing physical that we know of exists. Well, then when it expands and bursts, all this other physics starts taking place. We start having gravity. We start having, uh, you know, the the atoms and everything that we have that make up our universe. So each little black hole could have spawned another universe. Yeah, and you know, you you bring up the Big Bang, which is a a, a big part of this. Um, and you know, what what whatever. Wh- Whatever background you have, you know, Big Bang's baloney, whatever. Again, open up for just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so with, with, with the Big Bang, um, physicist Neil Turok, he, he says that the, the Big Bang is, is kind of a misnomer, that it was more, more or less like a, a big uh, expansion. Mm-hmm. You know, that it, it wasn't this, this explosion or anything, that it was just this this essentially a ball of light that just expanded at this super high rate of speed. Right. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And that is kind of what the idea of the big bang theory is, is that it just expanded so fast and, you know, here, here was the universe. And so we, we, we think about, okay, Sounds sounds okay, you know we can we can get behind this, but why would we think that this was the only one? Right, exactly. And Neil Turok goes on to explain, what if there were other Big Bangs, and mm-hmm. there's there's evidence that there could be. Not only that, an infinite number of, right. of Big Bangs, or you know, as as Turok explains it, this this rapid expansion. Right. You know, and, and we we know that that space is expanding. We know our universe continues to expand. Well, and here's, here's a thought I had and see what you think. If, if 
black holes were the originator of our universe. You know, we get down to that point of singularity and then it expands and woof, it yeah. creates our universe. We know of several black holes in the in our visible universe, right? So why would there be several? What if the black holes that we see are the backside of another universe? Yeah. So it goes, woof, right? And all mm-hmm. we see in our universe is the black hole and the singularity, which pulls right. stuff in. Yeah. Is it pulling stuff in and going out into the other universe because this is the backside of what we can see and everything on the other side, we can't see it. You know, we can't, light doesn't bounce out of there for us to see what's in a black hole. Yeah. So what if everything on that other side is a whole nother universe? And our universe in their universe is just a black hole. They see yeah. the backside of our universe as a black hole. And they they think, maybe they know better, but maybe they think, eh, that's just a black hole, nothing escapes. You know, so stuff like meteors and things that go flying through, you know, our universe, come into our solar system and then leave again. Um, what if that stuff being pulled into a black hole from another universe, shooting out of the black hole that we see, and coming into our universe, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. Theoretically, it's, it, it's as possible as anything else, right? That's right, right. Theoretically, it is. But you know, it, digging into this stuff, it's funny because this—you get into this stuff, it'll make you throw rocks at a flat earther. Yeah, they'd be like, "How? How? How can you possibly <laughs> believe this?" You know, right. I mean, <laughs> you know, but you know when you when you really start digging into it. You're like, okay, I can, I can see where this is a possibility. You know, we're, we're, we're looking all over our universe at stuff that we really can't explain why it it is. It's not what it is. I mean, you know, science understands a lot about stars and, you know, the galaxy and black holes and, and what they are and how they act, but it's the why they are that is so hard to explain. Right. Because even on other planets, the physics that we have, they exist, but it doesn't work like it does on Earth. That's right. You know, some planets, it rains diamonds because of the makeup of that, uh, right. you know, that planet. So we may know a lot about it, but we don't understand why that's happening. So. We've got, we still got a long way to go, Matt. But we got, uh, let's, we got to look at the different types of multiple universes that science thinks is plausible. These are the theories that suggest we live in a multiple, uh, in a multiverse. And I found this on space.com. So very good website, I think, you know, to talk about <laughs> space stuff. We go to space.com. Can you imagine getting that domain name? Oh, they, yeah, they had they had to have gotten that .com. in the early 90s when it first came out, you know. Right. First able to buy domains, they're like I want space. Yeah. You know, no knowing somebody like, you know, 10 years into it is like uh space with a 3 instead of an e backslash. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? Right. <laughs> All right, so the first one we got is infinite universes. Now, 
Scientists, this says scientists can't be sure what the shape of space-time is, but most likely it's flat as opposed to spherical or donut-shaped, and it stretches out infinitely. But if space-time... That's that's a flat universe. (laughs) Right. Flat (laughs) universe theory. Right. Well, we can start the flat universe theory uh, group. I've always wanted to start a group like that. So Yeah. Um, Well, it says if... Uh, if it's flat and stretches out infinitely, you know, that that's that's kind of the theory that it's yeah. just space time is a flat line and has no beginning, has no end kind of thing. But if space time goes on forever, then it must start repeating at some point because there are a finite number of ways particles can be arranged in space time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you look far enough you would encounter another version of you. In fact, infinite versions of you. Right. Some some of these twins will be doing exactly what you're doing right now, while others will have worn a different sweater this morning, and still others will have made vastly different career and life choices. Because the observable universe extends only as far as light has had a chance to get in the 13.7 billion years since the Big Bang, um, you know, we can only see 13.7 billion light years out. So the space time beyond that distance can be considered to be its own separate universe. In this way, a multiturd, a, a multiturd, no, multiturd, multiturd. I had that this morning. That's not what this is. That's what Taco Bell's going to do to you. Exactly. That'll be tomorrow morning. Uh, but it says in this way, a multitude of universes exist next to each other in a giant patchwork quilt of universes. Space time may stretch out to infinity. And if so, then everything in our universe is bound to repeat at some point, creating a patchwork quilt of infinite universes. Yeah. So this is a good theory. It's like, yep. you know, mathematically, let's say you have, you know, four quarters. And you're trying to figure out the heads-tails ratio of them. There's only so many combinations of that you can get to before it starts repeating. That's what it's saying is happening with the particles in our universe. So at some point, the particles are going to rearrange to create another me and another you. The choices will be different, but there will be another me and another you because statistically there has to be yeah eventually it's going to come around now i mean we're we're talking about you know numbers that are you know ridiculously large right i mean but you know theoretically you know these things are changing so rapidly that like adam said eventually you're you're gonna see a, a pattern emerge where things begin to repeat. And, you know, if we're talking about 14 billion years, mm-hmm. you know, the the odds are in that amount of time that something has repeated. And like Adam said, you know, just, uh, you know, another Matt, another Adam, another podcast, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and that's just, that's just our little, you know, window right here in the graveyard. You know, you think about, you know, the entire universe you know, things repeating and repeating and repeating. How, how many more universes would there be? Like we right. said, infinite the, number. The podcast and the other universe, instead of graveyard tales, is cemetery stories. 
But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, man, you and I were talking about this theory several weeks ago without knowing that this was the theory. Because we got to talking about this exact thing of where you can only see 13 billion years out. So right. we look and we see a star and and we gauge that it's 13.7 billion light years away, right? Yeah. That star could have died out by now because the light exactly. would still travel to us. It could have died out a billion years ago. But we were talking about what if that is the wall, that is our universe's wall and our cutoff point. And we can't see past that. And the other universe can't see past that wall either. Yeah. You know, now granted, people say, oh, well, if you're on another star further out, you know, then you could see, say, 10 million light years out, you could see 10 million light years further. Maybe. But maybe not. Maybe that's the definite stop of our universe, and that's why we have not been able to observe anything past that. Yeah. You know, could, and that's what this infinite universes theory basically says, is that all around us, you know, there's other universes, but there there's a stop, and we can't yeah. see into that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that whole, that uh, we get into the whole idea of, you know, what could potentially be on the other side, you know, if, if, if we can see this much, or at least we, we believe that our universe is, is this way. And this, this is, this is what we got, even though it's vastly huge. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the idea that there's another universe that's just as large Right. On the other side. But what Adam and I were really discussing is what if this is really just our perception? What mm -hmm. if what if our universe is actually much, much smaller than what it appears to be? Because we're we're looking almost like, you know, you're you're it's like you're looking in in a mirror at something behind you. You know, you're 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 looking at what is going on on this side of the universe because here here we are man i'm i'm confusing myself i'm getting so much into it <laughs> you know it's just this idea that you know maybe this is the aquarium that we're in and right. when we look out we can see look at all that out there what's what is all that you know what's what's mm -hmm. beyond that you know we can't really tell but Let's go toward it. All right. Yes. Yeah. As far as, far as we got, wall. man, yeah. we can't get any further than this. Um, you know, but we, but we see evidence that perhaps there's something on the other side. Right. So um, are we see technically seeing into another universe is what you're saying. Exactly. Like the, the planets that are 13.7 billion light years away, maybe cut that in half. And that's the end wall of our universe. Yeah. And we're actually glancing into another universe. And that that's possible. You know, we wouldn't be able to get there without some type of wormhole or something like that. Exactly. We may never know because we can't travel that far. But if we could, we would find a wall and we could see through it is what yeah. Matt's saying. Um, but we can't ever reach it because it's another universe. Yeah. I so, mean, you and know, that's we're, highly possible. I mean, we're not even, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, getting a man to to Mars. 
mm-hmm. you know. And, Cosmically, and, and, that's like going up the road to Walmart. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, we're having know, trouble doing that. We're, we're, you know, they're they're still thinking how would we get a, a manned craft to the next planet? Mm-hmm. You know, much less to the end of our solar system. Right. You know, we. Well, you know that that right there is is a challenge in and of itself. So even considering going beyond that, you know, at at, at least in in probably our lifetime, our children's and our children's children's and our children's children. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, exactly. But that's not going to keep people from looking and oh, considering yeah. what would happen if. And, yep. you know, that that's what makes these theories so intriguing is because scientists are using, you know, advanced math to determine, okay, there we We've got some evidence that there's something beyond us, mm-hmm. you know, and and we don't know what it is. It could potentially be an entire new universe. Right. And what would be beyond that? You know, and, and you know, we're thinking, you know, if, if you consider, you know, we're, we're, we're looking when I always think about, you know, what's out there. I, I always in my head have this model of the solar system and all the planets are just kind of semi lined up on one side, even though that's not really how it works. Um, but, but, you know, you, you get what I'm talking about and, and you, and you just kind of keep going out and you get Jupiter and Saturn and you get to Pluto and you're like, Hey, am I, you know, I'm out here, way out here. And that's how you go out. Okay. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't really work that way. But so if you think about, you know, our solar system as a kind of a big ball, What's, what's, what's straight up, what's straight down, you know, what's 10 degrees to the right of where we're looking another mm-hmm. universe possibly. Well, you know. and that leads us right into the, the next theory is uh, the theory of bubble universes. Yeah. There's a method to my madness. I'm, All right. Good. Uh, the king. Good of segue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this says in addition to multiple universes created by indefinitely extending space-time, other universes could arise from a theory called eternal inflation. Now, inflation is the notion that the universe expanded rapidly after the Big Bang, in effect inflating like a balloon. Mm -hmm. Now, eternal inflation, first proposed by Tufts University cosmologist Alexander Vilenkin, suggests that some pockets of space stop inflating, while other regions continue to inflate, thus giving rise to many isolated bubble universes. Thus, our own universe, where inflation has ended, allowing stars and galaxies to form, is but a small bubble in a vast sea of space, some of which is still inflating, that contains many other bubbles like ours. And in some of these bubble universes, the laws of physics and fundamental constants might be different than in ours, making some universes some universes, strange places. So ours, because it has stopped, it allowed physics to take hold and planets to form and all that stuff. And in other universes, they're still experiencing the big bang because they're still inflating, you know? And so ours inflates and stops. Well, then the one sitting right here, think of bubbles in a sink, Mm-hmm. Of you know, or a bubble bath, 
Yeah. You've got some bubbles that get real big, some bubbles that are small, and and they all kind of bubble up together in this big mass of smaller bubbles. Yeah. And so you've got a big layer of bubbles sitting on top of the water, and that's basically the theory of the bubble universes is they're just everywhere. You know, the yeah. one we had before was all straight line, lined up, going out mm-hmm. indefinitely. This is a big pile of bubbles, yeah. some bigger than others, some smaller, some pop. And, you know, that's the big. And then there's a black the big hole. Bang. Yeah. And then there's a black hole in the middle of these universes. Yeah. And and with with this uh, this inflation theory and, and, and the bubble universes, as these bubbles, you know, continue to move, because if you have two two objects in space they will begin to move away from one another and as these bubble universes move away there's a gap between them what goes in the gap Uh, another universe another bubble can appear and takes up the space and then everything begins to move away you know those bubbles move away from the other bubbles and then boom there's another universe and so we're constantly just moving away from one another and that's you know that Again, that idea, we know that, you know, space is expanding. Everything is moving outward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if, if we know that's the case, you know, there's evidence to show that that's the case. Um, you know, this this idea um, is one that has teeth. You know, the, the, you know we, we keep moving away from one another and then bloop, here's another one. And like yep. Adam said, the idea that in another universe – our laws of physics may not necessarily be the same thing there. I mean, we already know that, you know, in inside, you know, the black hole, physics as we know it ceases. You yeah. know, that it, whatever whatever happens there is, all bets are off. You know, we, we can't predict what's going to happen there. You know, what if another universe is very similar to that? You know, what if gravity is totally different? there or does it exist at all um you know it's it's one of those things that you there's there's just so many things to consider that it, it's another thing that just boggles the mind you know that there could be an entire universe and nothing works like it does here right you exactly know, everything works totally different not opposite just different yep you know everything works they have their own rules and laws of of you know physical uh, physical science and, and, you know, what, what would be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the bubble theory, really this in, inflation cosmology re- really took off in the, in the seventies and eighties. Um, when, uh, physicists, you know, first began to introduce this idea, um, you know, Alexei Stravinsky, um, Alan Guth and Andre Land were, you know, three of the main physicists that worked on this and came up with this theory. And it's it's constantly changing. Um, and I actually was able to to find it was it was more or less like a like a panel, you know, interview where you know these these guys are just it's from 2013. They're just sitting there and talking about it just i mean just like adam and i would except they're way smarter than us yeah i was gonna say Um, they actually know what they're talking about yeah i mean uh (laughs) you know strabinsky uh you know is at the landau institute for theoretical physics uh alan guth 
you know, Cornell University physics professor. Um, Andre Lind is at the, uh, the, the Lebedev Physical Institute. Um, you know, the, these guys are, are pioneers in, in the field of physics. Right. And, and this idea of cosmic inflation was, you know, their, their baby. Um, you know, it, it does explain the, the origin of large scale structures in the cosmos, you know, quantum fluctuations in microscopic inflationary regions. Yes, I am reading that. That is not something I could come up with on my own, <laughs> but that, you know, it's magnified to cosmic size. So the smallest thing in in the universe can be magnified to something beyond our imagination. And what they're saying is these are the seeds for the, the growth of another universe. You know, these right. little things that begin to magnify and get much, much larger, essentially a new bubble. Right, right. All right, Matt. So let's take a second and talk about tonight's sponsor, AMC Shutter. Man, I love Shutter. Um, as the world's premier streaming service for horror, thriller, and supernatural content, Shutter is spooky 24/7, 365. But they like to be a little extra for Halloween, which I mean, so do we, Matt. You know, <laughs> who doesn't, right? <laughs> so this year, they're going all out by turning the normal 31 days of Halloween into the 61 days of Halloween, a two-month celebration of their favorite season featuring weekly original and exclusive movie premieres. Um, They've got Creep Show, which is available now. Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage came out September 1st. NOS 4A2 Season 2 came out September 10th. You've got Veronica which uh, is directed by Glenn Danzig of the Misfits. I'm, I mean, I'm a big Misfits fan. Um, Scare Me, starring Josh Rubin, Aya Cash, and Chris Red, is out October 1st. The Cleansing Hour, out October 8th. And May the Devil Take You Too, out October 29th. And you can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year and actually save some money. That's great. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. It is truly the Netflix for horror. There are new spine-tingling thrillers, shocking horrors, and edge-of-your-seat suspense added weekly. You'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices. That includes iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and all Android devices. And I guarantee you something you have will stream it as well. Absolutely. You know, Amanda and I, we we were uh, we were Shutter subscribers before they were a sponsor of the show. Mm-hmm. And and we jumped on it to get to watch Discovery of Witches, which is a, a fantastic show. Well written. I mean, if you like vampires and witches and demons. I mean, it is the show for you. Basically uh, everything we cover. I know. And, you know, every Halloween, you know, we love to just sit down and watch those suspenseful, those jump out thrillers. Mm-hmm. We're not as big on the slasher movies, but if that's your bag, Shudder's got you covered. They got them too. So 
our listeners can try Shutter free for 30 days. So that that I mean that that's a great deal right there. You get free for 30 days. All you got to do is go to shutter.com and use our promo code GRAVE. That's s h u d d e r.com and use our promo code GRAVE G R A V E. That's right. Graveyard tells listeners get to try Shutter free for 30 days. And all you have to do is go to Shutter com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com and enter our promo code GRAVE. That's G-R-A-V-E. Let's go ahead and move on to the next idea. Um, and I got a lot to say about this idea after we present it because this is this is the one I I subscribe to the most. This is parallel universes. Now this says another idea that arises from string theory is the notion of brain worlds. That's B R A N E. Parallel universes that hover just out of reach of our own. This was proposed by Princeton University's Paul Steinhardt and Neil Turok of the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics in Ontario, Canada. The idea comes from the possibility of many more dimensions to our own world than there are than the three of space and one of time that we know now. In addition to our own three-dimensional brain of space, other three-dimensional brains may float in a higher dimensional space. Our universe may live in one bubble that is sitting in a network of bubble universes in space. Now, Columbia University physicist Brian Greene describes the idea as the notion that, quote, our universe is one of potentially numerous slabs floating in a higher dimensional space, much like a slice of bread within a grander cosmic loaf. In his book, The Hidden Reality uh, from 2011 is where he talked about that. Now, a further wrinkle on this theory suggests these brain universes aren't always parallel and out of reach. Sometimes they might slam into each other, causing repeated big bangs that reset the universes over and over and over again. And like I said, this is the one that I subscribe to the most because I feel like this explains a lot of the weird phenomena that we observe on Earth and and in the universe. Yeah. And some of the ideas that I had are, okay, aliens. Aliens are actually interdimensional and exploiting paths where our universe touches or is super close to another. So like they said, it's a loaf of universes and each slice of bread is a different universe. Mm -hmm. Now, aliens have found a way to go from there in, you know, one of the, the loaves right next to ours and they figured out how to, you know, exploit that path, whether it be a black hole or you know, just a wrinkle, or they figured out how to connect the two through technology, and they're actually coming into our universe. Or another theory is that cryptids could be from another universe, and they wander into ours accidentally mm-hmm. or to hunt. So you think about Bigfoot and Nessie, why do you not see them all the time, whatever? Could it be that these animals, whether uh, they could be smart and know that there is an interdimensional hole here, and they can jump in it. They come to our universe, and Bigfoot, you know, hunts, gathers berries and stuff in our woods, and then he goes back, and that's why he 
disappears Mm -hmm. or you don't, you know, you can see him one minute and then not see him the next. Same with Nessie. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Nessie, Nessie too, you know, we're, you know, and, you know, we're looking at, you know, a lake and, you know, we can't find out where does it go there, but yet there's all these sightings, you know, she comes and goes through this, you know, portal for lack of a better term. You know, where from, the, from one to the next. Where the universes are touching. Yeah. And to me, I'm, I know I'm not the only one that's going to say that has said this next part, but to me, this next part kind of solidifies this theory in my mind as to why I think this is probably the the most likely scenario, and that's dark matter. Mm-hmm. Now, dark matter is a component of the universe whose presence is discerned from its gravitational attraction rather than its luminosity. Dark matter, it says, makes up 30.1% of the matter energy composition of the universe. The rest is dark energy, that's 69.4%, and ordinary visible matter, which is only 0.5%. Now, it was originally known as the missing mass Dark matter's existence was first inferred by Swiss-American astronomer Fritz Zwicky, who in 1933 discovered that the mass of all the stars in the coma cluster of galaxies provided only about 1% of the mass needed to keep the galaxies from escaping the cluster's gravitational pull. The reality of this missing mass remained in question for decades until the 70s, when American astronomer Vera Rubin and W. Kent Ford confirmed its existence by the observation of a similar phenomena. The mass of the stars visible within a typical galaxy is only about 10% of that required to keep those stars orbiting in the galaxy. So here's my thought on what that is. Could dark matter be how we observe another dimension touching or pressing down on our dimension? So we only observe it as a gravitational pull. But it's actually like a dent in our bread slice yeah. that's caused by a dimension resting on ours. So you've got, let's say your loaf is a little out of whack, right? So you've got one piece of bread here, but the other piece of bread is slid down a little bit in the corner is pressing on that slice. You're going to get a little dent, right? Because the crust is harder, you know, so you're going to get a little yeah. dent in that thing. Yeah, or so the, or the if, sack boy, you know, put it on top of the potatoes. Yeah. And and so now every everything is not exactly lined up and even. Right. And, and it's pressing in weird places. You've got a dented yeah. slice here and a smush slice on the end. But what if dark matter in our universe is actually evidence of one of these other brain worlds sitting above or below ours that's pressing down on it. We have we can't see the dark matter, right? Right. So we just infer it by, you know, subtracting the mass of the stars and oh that's there. Well what if the reason there is gravity around a star or gravity in an area to hold our planets and everything in this line is not dark matter. It's because there's a dent from the other universe pressing into ours and everything kind of collects around that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you stretch a sheet out and you press down on it. Things are going to collect gravitational wise around that dent. What if that's another world pressing on ours? Yeah, I know it, it, this is, this is one that, that I, 
I like because it kind of fits my idea of how other universes would work. Exactly. That they're not so far away that we would never reasonably have interaction with them that they're they're so close that we have regular interaction with them and we don't realize that's what's happening. Yeah, we just don't interpret it as that. And you know, when you start to think about odd places on the planet, um when we talk about um you know, the Bermuda Triangle or you know the is it the 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 Bridgewater Triangle. Mm-hmm. Um you know, all of these all of these areas where very odd things seem to happen. And, and it's like, like uh, gravity hills where uh, diff- gravity is a little bit different at certain spots. Yeah. You know, there's, there's some, some place in, in the U S that gravity seems a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. So you can, they say throw a ball farther or something like that. Yeah. It, you, it's you, another you anomalous yeah. spot. You weigh less. Yeah. You know, yep. significantly less. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when we talk about the the things that we see, um, especially like in the Bridgewater Triangle, where you have Bigfoot sightings, you have ghosts, you have alien and UFO sightings, mm-hmm. um, all of that in concentrated into one area. Either you're going to tell me that everybody that goes in there goes nuts right, and hallucinates and this stuff happens, or... There's a bump right there. There's something there that it, it it's thin. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the fingerprint that pushed one part of you know this this slice of universe into ours. Right. And right. it's easier for other things to pass to and from. And yep. you know what that works for things like you know UFOs and and Bigfoot and things like that. But you're thinking, what a ghost? Ghosts go through puddle? No, but imagine the amount of energy that would be there. You know, so mm-hmm. you you have this this strange energy here, and and now it's 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 giving what you know what, what we would think from the spiritual realm enough energy to manifest. And, right. It's kind of like a magnet over and over again. And, you know, that to me, if if we're going to think about theoretical explanations as to why those places are such hotbeds, this kind of works. Yep. You know, it, it really kind of works. It you you've really got to open up your mind to this, folks. But, sure. Sure. But I mean, you know, come on. I mean, there's too there's too many people that have experienced things like this in these areas to just go yeah nothing's happening okay right. well let's let's theoretically come up with an explanation I like this you know yep. I, I'm and with Adam on this think about this too this is this is another thing you have all these masters of different religions and practices right and they say you ascend. You know, throughout your life, uh, your different incarnations, you ascend up the ladder, basically, until you reach the top grandmaster status and you've, mm-hmm. you've ascended, right? Okay. So what if each slice of bread, let's say you take that loaf and you stack it on its end, not laid out sideways, long ways, but short ways where it now it's taller than it is long, right? So 
what they could be talking about is theoretically each life, if you do good, you ascend up in a universe to the next universe. And at the top, that's your your highest ascension. That's where the quote-unquote gods are from. You know, if you want to talk about the old gods like the Anunnaki and stuff like that, they're from this top layer, right? They've got they've lived through their lives and they've got the most knowledge they can have. Yeah. Well, each each universe is like a different life for you. Mm-hmm. So we start out down at the bottom crust loaf there, the heel that nobody likes. Yeah. And, you know, each life we go up a little higher in this basically brain world stack until we reach the top. And that's that's our final destination, what we're trying to get to. But we don't know it because we only have the recollection of our one slice of bread. Right. Until we die. And then we move to the next loaf of bread up and we start all over again. But these masters in, you know, in different religions that understand you've got to get to a higher plane of existence kind of thing. What if they figured it out and they actually know what they're working for? The rest of us don't. We're just going through this by luck. Right. You know, I, I heard someone also say real quick that heaven and hell are different universes sitting on top of our universe. Right. That that's why they say you you go down to hell and you go up to heaven. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. If you're bad, you ascend down a layer of universes. And if you're good, you get to ascend up a layer of universes. Yeah. And like we've always said, just open up. Let's go with us. Right. I, we're not trying to get religious or anything like that. We're not trying to debunk or bunk anything. We're yeah. just discussing. So go with us. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and that... I, I like this idea. What I what I was going to say is we have no idea of knowing if this existence is the heel, you know, if, right, if, sure. if we're at the bottom, you know, yeah. if this is the beginning for all of us that are sitting here listening to this show right now, if, if we're on this journey and we don't even we're realize level it, one, yeah. what, if, what if, what if we're somewhere in the middle, right? You know, or what if the middle is where you start? Yeah. And and you know Adam's right. You you go you go either way. You know, it's yep. like, well, if if things didn't work out, you know, for you so well here, maybe you go down and there's a different universe and and you're you're in this well, different you know, universe and you and you Dante's want to get back Inferno. Here. Yeah. Dante's Inferno, there's several layers of hell. So yeah. could that be each layer beneath us? Yeah. of universes. You know, and but you know, I I think you know with when you bring theology into this, you know, there's this whole idea that there's a, a, a being that would determine, you know, your, your ascension or, you know, what, what, what's the, what's the opposite of ascension? De- declension? Descension. Descension. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Well, I feel Ascension st- and dissension. <laughs> of course it is. Why couldn't I come up with that word? Because we're talking about something that's using all of your brain <laughs> yeah, power. Man, my my brain is leaking out of my left ear. Um, you know, but again, that's an idea that you know there is a supreme being that's making that determination, and and that's not necessarily the case just for Christianity. I mean, we're you know a a, a lot of religions. You know that this is how it goes. And again, we're not we're not getting on the bandwagon with one or the other. We're not saying you know we're 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 not religious or 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 we are, we're just saying that this, this is not an idea that is completely foreign 
when you start applying, you know, these theories to, you know, whether it's, you know, religion, reincarnation, time travel, anything, mm-hmm. you, you can kind of put one of these theories to, to, to make it kind of plausible. Yeah. You and, can make it fit. Yeah. I mean, you know, but, but consider this, you know, when we're, when we went back into, uh, to our episode on reincarnation, you know, mm-hmm. you know, people were having these memories of, of being a person centuries ago, not necessarily a bunch of memories of, well, I was Cleopatra and then I was George Washington and then I was Albert Einstein and now I'm this schmuck, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, not necessarily it's like, okay, so you have memories of being a, a, a slave that helped build the pyramids, you know, a thousand years ago. Um, what, what, what were you doing in between? Yeah. I don't have memories of that. Well, maybe that's because you were in one of these other universes doing something different. Sure. sure. Yeah. You know, um, you know, maybe you were in a, in a whole other universe where you could, you could fly and zip around and, you know, you, you left that one and you're back in this one again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're like, you came back for whatever yep. reason, something clicked with you that made you go, Oh, I have all these memories of doing all this other kind of stuff. Maybe you did, you yeah. know, maybe you don't remember the other one until you go back to that universe. Maybe you float right. back sure. and forth. Sure. Who knows? But again, it, the the ideas are infinite. But it, it like you can see now why I said this this kind of hurts your head after a while. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, Matt. Let's move on to the next one because right. we're already over an hour in, and we got a ways to go. All right. All right. So the next one is daughter universes. Now the theory of quantum mechanics. This says which reigns over the tiny world of subatomic particles suggests another way multiple universes might arise. Quantum mechanics describes the world in terms of probabilities rather than definite outcomes. And the mathematics of this theory might suggest that all possible outcomes of a situation do occur in their own separate universes. For example, if you reach a crossroads where you can go right or left, the present universe gives rise to two daughter universes, one in which you go right and one in which you go left. It says, quote, and in each universe, there's a copy of you witnessing one or the other outcome thinking incorrectly that your reality is the only reality, Green wrote in The Hidden Reality. Now, the daughter universe theory was formulated by Lee Smallen of the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics in Waterloo, Canada. In 1992, he proposed that universes might reproduce and evolve rather than living, rather like living things do. On Earth, natural selection favors the emergence of, quote, useful traits such as fast running or opposable thumbs. In the multiverse, Smolin argues, there might be some pressure that favors universes like ours. He calls this cosmological natural selection. Now, Smolin's idea is that a mother universe can give birth to baby universes which form inside it. The mother universe can do this if it contains black holes. A black hole, like we talked about before, 
forms when a huge star collapses under the pull of its own gravity, crushing all the atoms together until they reach infinite density. In the 1960s, Stephen Hawking's and Roger Penrose pointed out that this collapse is like a mini Big Bang in reverse. This suggests to Smolin that a black hole could become a Big Bang spawning an entire new universe within itself. Just like we talked about a minute ago. If that is so, then the new universe might have slightly different physical properties from the one that made the black hole. This is like the random genetic mutations that mean baby organisms are different from their parents. Now, this raises the question, is reality real? Australian mathematician Hans Moravec developed an experiment in an effort to debunk many worlds theory called quantum suicide. Now, quantum suicide was developed as an experiment that connects a person to a fatal weapon and a machine that determines the angular momentum of protons. At 10-second intervals, the quark, or the spin value, of a new proton is recorded. If the mini-worlds theory is not true, the experimenter's chances of survival decrease after every quark measurement until it essentially becomes zero. The mini-worlds theory would suggest that in some parallel universe, the experimenter will always survive, thus achieving quantum immortality. Hans Moravec had succeeded in creating an elaborate fantasy of an experiment to debunk what he thought was a fantasy in the idea of parallel universes. Now, this theory, the daughter universe theory, gives rise to a question that Ashley brought up to me the other day when we were discussing this episode. Because you have the option to go right or left, you go right and boop, another universe pops up where you went left, right? Mm -hmm. You decide to put on a shirt in the morning. Well, the two shirts you were looking at, you pick this one, the other one picks another one, right? Yeah. Oop, there's another daughter universe. What if, because of that, we have deja vu, where we are actually seeing thoughts of ourself in another universe having done that already because mm. of a choice that was made previously by that universe and not ours, it ended up there first. Yep. And now we hit it and we go, whoa, deja vu. Yeah. I've it's been not here that before. we, yes, because you have in another universe and that's what deja vu is. It's us seeing ourselves doing the same thing in another universe right before we did it. Yeah. Man, I, you know, that is something I have not considered. That's really cool. I didn't either. And she brought that up and I was like, holy crap balls. I'm talking about that because that, that is, that, that blew my mind. I, Maybe I, we should I, have her I love on here. that. I love that idea. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily in love with the, the daughter universe theory as a whole. Sure. I mean, cause I mean, we're talking about one individual over a lifetime creating billions of universes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and we're, we're talking about, you know, millions and millions of people on this planet alone and every single decision that somebody makes, you know, is splitting off into another universe. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, I, I, I don't like it because it's it's way bigger than what my pea brain can can comprehend. I, I feel like it would make the world a, a big Charlie Foxtrot. Yeah. Instead of, you know, the, the not the world, but you know what I mean? Everything that exists would be a giant cluster if this were the case, because there'd be so many things popping up 
all over the place and there would be no order. Yeah. You know, it just, like you said, I, I don't, I don't like this one as much as the other. That's why I like the brain worlds. Yeah. It, theory. It's, it's, it's far too chaotic, but when, when you're talking about, you know, scientists like Stephen Hawking, you know, that, that idea of chaos, they, they like to embrace that there's no yeah, control entropy. over whatever's going on, that the universe you know, is going to do what it's going to do. And there's no way to predict it. And so, you know, it's chaos. It's like the, you know, the, I always go back to Jurassic Park, you know, when, when Jeff Goldblum's character is trying to explain chaos theory, he said, you know, if you, you, you drip, you drip this drip of water on your hand, it's going to roll down. If you do it over and over and over again, because of small imperfections or movements or whatever, it's never going to take the same path. It's never, ever going to repeat. That's chaos. So that's essentially what this is saying. You know, you're 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 never going to have the same thing. You know, you're going to do one thing, and another universe is going to do something that's the polar opposite of it, and mm-hmm. and that's going to lead to even more decisions and more splits, and everything is just going to be, you know. And there's there's a million yous and there's a million me's, and we're all doing something different. You know, it's just like what. How do I do this? Yeah. But what yeah, it's too chaotic, but I think. But what my thought thought is on this on the on the daughter universe thing is and and this, you know, quantum suicide and and this, you know, quantum immortality. I think that in in some fashion, this this can make you believe in things like a soul. Mm-hmm. That this is just a physical body that we inhabit for a short period of time. And that when your physical body dies, like, like a lot of, you know, a, a lot of scientists believe, you know, Hey, once you're dead, you're dead, you're worm food. It's over. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if, if, if science can embrace something like this, right, why can't sure. it embrace the idea that, you know, our consciousness can somehow live on and mm-hmm. move through, um, you know, a, another, another universe or that it's currently doing so. Yeah. And that in another universe, one of your choices led to your death. Mm-hmm. You know, you chose to eat, you know, this particular thing that caused you to have a disease or to, you know, get sick, you didn't look at the light twice and and you ran out in front and you got T-boned by an 18 wheeler, whatever you're dead in another universe, but yet you, you, you live on in all these other ones. Right. Okay. Um, you know, when you start thinking on those terms, you're like, okay, somehow my conscious keeps moving, you know, do. Well, it's like you're, um, I think, what you're saying is kind of what I've thought. Let's say your soul or your consciousness is this pizza and you pull pieces of the pizza off and put it in different bodies. So it's all the same yeah. consciousness, but it's been split up throughout all the universes into small pieces. Yeah. Right. And that goes along with this is a movie and I forgot what the movie was and you may know it when I describe it. But each each time you die in another universe, one of your other bodies get stronger because that part of your consciousness jumps to all the rest of them. So in this movie, 
the guy figured out how to jump from universes and kill himself and all the other universes so that there was only one of him left and he obtained all the power from all the hymns in all the other uh, universes. Never, I've I never seen this movie. Okay, I can't but remember I what the movie is. It. Somebody out there, tweet at us or email us and tell us what this movie is because I can't remember the name. But um, he, you know, he basically figured that out. And so every time you die in another universe, yeah. that part of you would jump to the rest of them, kind of divide out. Right, yeah. so that's kind of what you're thinking. It's like what, you got a, what you're going off of. You got a million Horcruxes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a little piece and, of you is in all of it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to the the yeah. last. Yes, let's. <laughs> yes, to uh, the last possible thing here before we get into, um what some people say debunks this and then the last couple thoughts that we have on it. Um, the last one I got here is mathematical universes. Now science scientists have debated whether mathematics is simply a useful tool for describing the universe or whether math itself is the fundamental reality. And our observations of the universe are just imperf- imperfect perceptions of its true mathematical nature. If the latter is the case, then perhaps the particular mathematical structure that makes up our universe isn't the only option, and in fact, all possible mathematical structures exist as their own separate universe. This says, quote, A mathematical structure is something that you can describe in a way that's completely independent of human baggage, says Max Tegmark of MIT, who proposed this brain-twisting idea. He says, I really believe that there is this universe out there that can exist independently of me that would continue to exist even if there were no humans. Yeah. Well, so you know, the, the uh, idea that that ties uh, into other ones. Yeah. There is, there is one universal language and it's Mm -hmm. math, math. Yep. You know, that's it. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, if English, Spanish, German, Russian, Chinese, it doesn't matter. Math is constant, you know, Two plus two equals four, no matter where you are on the planet, no matter what language you speak. And that is a communication that everybody can understand. And it doesn't right. change. You know, that that's the same here as it is in, you know, Russia, as it is in Africa, as it is in mm-hmm. Siberia, you know, as it is in Brazil, whatever. It doesn't matter. Those are standards. And they don't change and everybody can communicate in those terms. So, you know, in, in some aspects, math is the only reality, you know, it, it's the only thing we know a hundred percent is constant, you know? Right. And, and it, it would be, and at least in my opinion, the way that you're going to explain anything about the universe, it's going to be in mathematical terms. Sure. And it's it's the way that they say we can communicate with aliens is through mathematics because they won't understand English or Japanese or anything, but they'll understand math. Yeah. And that's why a lot of the probes we've sent out that have held, you know, notes to other life forms has been in mathematics. But before we get into some people not agreeing with the the multiverse thing there's 
a couple other things that we didn't touch on in talking about the other ones, and, and I wanted to do that real quick. One is I talked about, uh, you know, cryptids could be from neighboring universes, right, and coming in. Well, Linda Godfrey, you know who she is. She's she's the author and researcher that did Beast of Bray Road and, and Real Wolfmen and all that stuff. Linda Godfrey actually recounts a ton of dogmen encounters that are associated with portal-like openings. So where they have dogmen encounters, they act, the, the person seeing that actually sees it either step out of a portal or there's a portal over next to it somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's a shimmering weird field that kind of disrupts, you know, whatever. So there's some description of a portal type thing being there when they see these dogmen. That's not in all of them, but it's in it's in several of them. So like in the the uh, Skinwalker Ranch area where he saw like Bigfoot stepping out of a of a portal or he saw an alien uh, portal open up and a ship come out of that portal, right? Why do we have the recounting of a portal being there with dogmen sightings if it's not like stepping through the tunnel, like the, the brain worlds theory that we were talking about? It's stepping through a little hole coming from a neighboring dimension, one slice of bread up from us, mm-hmm. and it's coming over here, either for fun to play with us humans or to hunt, mm-hmm. or just as a vacation, it's going to come over here and screw with us humans, yeah. or just by accident, it stumbles through this portal and doesn't know what's going on, you know? And that also, to me, could explain 411 uh, happenings, yeah. 411 yeah. disappearances. Absolutely. Because, like we talked about in other episodes, they're walking along and they step through a portal and they end up in the neighboring universe one plane up from us and they stay there until they can fumble back into ours mm-hmm. or something like, you know. So to me, that that's a uh, we have so many things that point to it being possible that we have the brain world's version of the multiverse. Right. Just like that. Right. And something I wanted, a question I wanted to ask you, Matt, have remote viewers been able to see things in other universes? Like, you know, we get the stories of of these remote viewers seeing bases on Mars or seeing bases on the moon and there being people on Mars, but it's not in our universe. So is that in the future? Or could that actually be them remote viewing Mars in a separate parallel universe that actually does have habitation on it now? Right. And a lot of these weird remote viewing things that we think, oh, that's, you know, that's a lie or they're seeing into the future or the past or something. What if they're just remote viewing in another dimension? Is that any less plausible than anything else? No, I, I I don't think so, um, because you know some of the the, the most skilled remote viewers ha- have seen things that they cannot explain. I mean, right? More than just being able to describe um, an object or you know a target, you know as they call it, 
um, with some level of accuracy, um, you know, when they're, when they're given these, when they're given these coordinates, you know, for places like Mars or even further, you know, they're, they're really, they're really seeing things that, you know, could they be making them up? Sure. But, you know, it doesn't feel that way in the, in the way it affects them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're seeing something that is beyond what their consciousness can comprehend. And, right. you know, it, it becomes more and more difficult to describe what's going on or even why it would be going on. Because outside of our universe, you know, the, the laws of physics and reality that we know of are different. And so mm-hmm. it, it makes that universe even more foreign. And, you know, so when, when these remote viewers are coming back going, look, you know, we saw bases on Mars and, you know, we're like, well, there, there aren't bases on Mars, at least yeah. not to us. You know, so what did you really see? Well, I really saw all this stuff that just I, I can't explain, you know, and I'm not making it up. But I mean, this is this is what I'm getting from it. And so they may be pulling data because, you know, remember at its heart, you know, remote viewing is turning yourself into an antenna for the universe, pulling data, you know, exactly. Well, what if you're pulling data that is not necessarily in this universe? You know, Mm -hmm. you may have a target that's right here, but the data that you're pulling in, that you're allowing in is from multiple universes. Yep. One or two planes up. Right. Same same geographical position, but another plane. Exactly. So again, if you're if you're gonna embrace this idea that there's a possibility of a multi universe a multiverse, regardless of what theory you may think works, or you may have your own. Um you know, then you can open up your mind to this idea that a remote viewer could be pulling data from all the planes, uh, right, or at right. least the ones that are up against ours at its closest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I was saying, we do have people that don't believe there are multiple universes. So this says that people have they got their own ideas and and a 2015 article on medium by astrophysicist ethan siegel agreed that space time could go on forever in theory but said that there are some limitations with that idea the key problem is the universe is just under 14 billion years old so our universe's age itself is obviously not infinite but a finite amount This would, simply put, limit the number of possibilities for particles to rearrange themselves and sadly make it less possible that your alternate self did get on that plane, after all, to go see China. Uh Also, the expansion at the beginning of the universe took place exponentially because there was so much, quote, energy inherent to space itself, he said, but over time, that inflation obviously slowed. Those particles of matter created at the Big Bang are not continuing to expand, he pointed out. Among his conclusions, that means that multiverses would have different rates of inflation in different times, longer or shorter, for inflation. 
This decreases the possibilities of universes similar to our own. Quote, even setting aside issues that there may be an infinite number of possible values for fundamental constants, particles, and interactions, and even setting aside interpretation issues such as whether the many worlds interpretation actually describes our physical reality, Siegel said, the fact of the matter is that the number of possible outcomes rises so quickly, so much faster than merely exponentially, that unless inflation has been occurring for a truly infinite amount of time, there are no parallel universes identical to this one. Now, here's my problem with this line of thought. It's that he's assuming we know everything we need to know about the creation of the universe, that our understanding of the Big Bang is correct. You know, Um, this is how he's extrapolating this data. And I think it's possible that we could be way off on our understanding of what actually happened and what is happening. And all we're seeing is just what our view and our universe allows us to see. You know, so I, I think that's my fundamental problem with what he says is he's saying, well, we know exactly how the universe started. It was this bang. And then, well, again, like Matt and I were saying initially, nobody knows everything. That's right. Nobody knows exactly how this universe started. And sure, you know, our data could say one thing, but it could be way off. And so that would throw his theory way off. Yeah. And, you know, when we're talking about people that, you know, just kind of say, hey, you know, this, I don't, I don't really, I don't really think that this is a possibility. Um, You know, so we're kind of playing devil's advocate here. So from, you know, Physicist Paul Davies, who is the director of of the Beyond Center for the Fundamental Concepts in Science at Arizona State University. What what a department. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beyond Center for Fundamental Concepts in Science. Dude, a lot of these (laughs) departments, I I couldn't even pronounce (laughs) to be a part of them, you know. Uh, But, you know, Davies has some interesting points. You know, he. He says, you know, to get a uni- a multiverse, he says, you, you've got to have a universe generating mechanism. Something's mm-hmm. got to make the big bangs go bang. Okay. Something's got to sure. make it work. Like a fuse for dynamite. Yeah. And he says, in order to do that, you're going to have to have some laws of physics. And he said, all of the theories that we've talked about tonight, all of the multiverse, they assume that quantum physics provides the element of spontaneity that makes the big bangs happen. So he says they're making an assumption that there's pre-existing space and time that it's, it's already there, that there is, that Mm -hmm. there was no beginning that it's just always been there space and time always there. And that this is just something that's happening. She's like, so where, where do you, where do you get that? You know, it's, it's just an assumption. So he, he makes, he makes this point. Where do all the laws come from? And he's talking about the laws of physics. What, what about those meta laws that generate from all of the universes in the first place? Where do they come from? Where, what's, where's the beginning point? Where's the initiation? Um, you know, then what about the laws or meta laws 
that impose, you know, diverse laws on other universes. So it works this way, you know, gravity pulls like this, which causes all these things to react this way. Okay. Right here. But if we're saying in another universe, then the laws of physics may be totally different. Where, where do we get that? You know, mm-hmm. where's, where's our, where's our initiation for what laws are going to govern this universe and what laws are going to govern that universe and, and, and our own. Yeah. He says, so, you know, he says the multi-universe theory shifts the problem of existence from up the level of one universe to the level of, we got a bunch of this stuff, but nobody's explained it. Everybody just says it's a possibility. It's a theory that it could be possible. What Davey says is, okay, but that's like, you know, me saying, you know, it's, it's possible that I could walk through this brick wall. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Theoretically in science, if your molecules did X, Y, and Z and your atoms did this, you could walk through this wall. Uh, Okay. But, but how explain it, explain what would happen. Otherwise it's just a thought. And in reality, Davies isn't wrong. It's no, it's, he's not. It's just a thought. Now, granted, these a lot of these quantum physicists that put out the theory that it could be possibility. Again, it's you know they're they're looking at evidence that, like I said at the top of the show, makes my head hurt. But mm-hmm. it's still just a thought. It's still just an idea, you know, to to help kind of explain our universe. Or our yep. universes. Um, the weirdness that we I, see. I kind of came up with this analogy. So, you know, what he's saying essentially is, you know, using the multiverse as an answer for any question is like answering a question with a question. Or it's like getting the correct answer on a math problem without showing your work. You either mm-hmm. knew it from the get go. Somehow you knew you looked at a problem and you said the answer is this. Or you guessed it, but there's no evidence to support either one. Right. You know, there's there's no there's not enough evidence to say, bam, this is what it is, or no, it's not. So again, you know, it's it's just an an, an idea, and and you know, he doesn't like the idea of taking this and saying we're going to explain how things work with this multiverse theory because he says you don't have enough evidence to even show that that's a possibility. Yeah, we can't explain how things work with the multiverse theory because we can't explain how the multiverse theory works. Exactly. You know, so, answering a question with a question. You know, yeah, a theory with a theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said at the top of the show, this is the kind of stuff that really, really boggles the mind. But it's it's a lot of fun to just kind of sit back and speculate the possibilities and the potential of you know, what, uh, what effect this has had on our current existence. You know, Mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, cryptids or aliens cross over into our universe, into our existence, and then go back, you know, it, 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 it's fascinating to me. And I, and I, I love talking about this stuff. You know, I, I, I love theorizing. I, I, I didn't love digging down deep because I said it, (laughs) It's difficult to understand even what yeah. evidence that physicists are 
are putting out there. And I mean, you know, we probably have listeners that, that understand this far better than we do. Sure. Um, and one of the reasons Matt and I wanted to do this episode is not just to make us feel stupider, but we don't, we don't need multiverse theory to do that. <laughs> amen. Um, now we, we talk about so many different things on this show, whether it come, you know, time travel, out of body experiences, the Philadelphia experiment, cryptozoology, and all that. And, you know, we've had the multiverse theory on our topic list for quite a while, but we decided to do it now because we started talking about the Philadelphia experiment and could that, you know, and how that kind of ties into this because of the, the time travel and, and the disappearance and all that other stuff. But it's something that we want you guys to think about and retroactively put it on some of our other episodes, mm -hmm. like our cryptozoological episodes and, and which one of these could explain those and, you know, near death experiences and all that. What's happening? Could it be one of these theoretical multiverses that we're seeing into or that something's coming over? Um, alien episodes that we've done, abductions. Shadow people. And we want you, shadow people, absolutely. And uh, that's something, that can be a teaser, Matt. That's something we're going to talk about on our live stream. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to hear us go more into that, then uh, join us on the live stream on October 30th. But also take this episode and carry it with you into future Graveyard Tales episodes. And, you know, Matt and I always do this on every episode. We, we behind the scenes talk about the different universes and could this be coming from another universe and da 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 da. But hold this, these theories in your head when we go on further through Graveyard Tales and say, okay, well, maybe this experience explains the brain world's theory. Mm -hmm. Maybe this experience explains the daughter universe's theory. And, you know, one extra little piece of information in your belt there that can kind of help you in discussions about these different topics that we'll discuss in the future. Yeah, I mean, you can even go into things like like dragons, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily a cryptid. I mean, we're talking about a mythical creature, unicorns. What if... We, we all kind of have this idea that it came from somewhere, you know, mm -hmm. it, did somebody just one person just make it up and then it spread from there or were people at some point having an experience with, you know, some kind of creature that, you know, led us today to what we know as dragons and unicorns and all this other kind of stuff. Are, are these creatures, do they exist in another universe? You know, and a population came over to ours and couldn't get back. Right. And then died and out. They did exist here and they defy our laws of physics. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a, a an animal that could breathe fire. A giant lizard that breathes fire and flies. Right. But again, if we're if we're thinking, OK, the laws of physics that we know may not work in another universe and it may be totally different, you know. Maybe they do exist. Maybe they did mm -hmm. cross over at some point in history, and that's where the whole legend of dragons comes from. 
you know, somebody right. saw one at one point and said, hey, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, even like Adam mentioned the Philadelphia experiment, and we talked about Al Bilek, um, you know, who, appara- who, who supposedly time traveled, you know, 700 years in the future, and, and the world was totally different, and it appeared to be the same planet, but maybe not. Maybe, you know, maybe when he jumped off, you know, the USS Eldridge and didn't land in the water and woke up in a hospital, you know, hundreds of years into the future, maybe he, maybe he didn't, maybe he just fell into another universe and it was parallel to ours and that's where he was. Yeah. Their time was 21, whatever it was. And he just landed there and it's so similar. He couldn't tell that he went to another universe, right? but he actually did. Yeah. So if you, if you want to hear more about that particular story, um, you know, we've, we've got a, we've got a Patreon episode, um, on, on Al Bilek and, and, and how, uh, how this thing, you know, came about and, and how he, uh, how the Philadelphia experiment was, was generated. Um, and you can listen to our time travel episode to hear the mm-hmm. stories, uh, that, that, Bilek experienced while he was in these other years. Um, right. And it, and it, and it's amazing, but it, 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 it does kind of fit into this idea that he's not traveling in a linear time frame. You know, he's mm-hmm. traveling through dimensions and, and the sure, year yeah. is different and things are, are, things don't work exactly the same. Um, you know, and to him, maybe it was just, wow, technology has really advanced maybe technology is different in this other universe. Things work right. differently. Right. You know, so, you know, somebody wants to elevate a, a, a build a, a, a building with 3000 floors and, and they have to levitate it every hundred floors to keep it from collapsing on itself. That's not a big mm-hmm. issue in another universe. Right. And, and you'll hear more about that. Uh, in, in these other episodes, but um, go back and give them a listen. Uh, and, and like Adam said, ap- ap- apply what we're talking about tonight to what you've heard us talk about in the past and, and see what fits. I mean, I'm sure there's things that we're leaving out that some, that another listener may say, what y'all talked about this, you know, what mm-hmm. about that? Does multiverse theory fit? And maybe it does, but we'd love to yep. hear it. And, and, oh, and yeah. share that with us. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you, you can call and leave us a voicemail. Um, mm-hmm. you can, you can tweet at us. Uh, you can, you can find us on Facebook and, uh, get in our Facebook group. You know, um, you know, it's great. And, and discussions like this happen all the time. That's the best place for this type of discussion Absolutely. in this Facebook group. Absolutely. And invite your friends and family into it because we're, like we said at the top of the show, we're, we're getting up on Halloween. So let's bring family members into the graveyard. As they say, everyone's dying to get in the graveyard. <laughs> um, so bring more people into the graveyard. Let's grow the graveyard and let's have these discussions in our Facebook yeah, group. Absolutely. And and while you're at it, you can check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can listen to the show. 
Uh, you can find out a little bit more about Adam and myself. Uh, you can uh, find links to buy Graveyard Tales merchandise. I am wearing one of my new Graveyard Tales uh, T-shirts tonight. Um, there you, you go. Know, you can get your own. You can get it on a coffee mug or a baby onesie or a poster, mm-hmm. whatever you like. Um, and you can also become a patron. And we like to you know, take a moment every show and, and thank those of you that have, have donated your hard-earned money to help support Adam and myself. We, we really appreciate it. It's what keeps us going. Um, yeah. Don't forget to go rate and review us on iTunes. That's what brings us up the charts, and it makes people uh, makes it uh, it easier for people to find us. Um, and and you know if you're in a different universe and you're hearing this, um, whatever iTunes is, go rate and review us there. So yep, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, get us up the universal charts. So my head hurts. <laughs> Mine too, man. I need a drink uh-huh. or something. So, um, Until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. All right. Oh, Taco Bell. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Try that again.